0: Welcome to the fight with Teddy Atlas, presented by Dynamic Striking. I'm Ken Rideout, joined as always by the voice of celebrity boxing, the great Teddy Atlas. Teddy, how you doing?
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm doing okay, Ken. I'm, I'm not, I'm not as good as you. You know, you're <laughs> high nobbing it with the, with the, big shots with the, uh, all the Hollywood elite. Uh, all the stars and everything you're a star you you're in your you're in your uh, element i mean you're where you belong i'm in my element in, right
0: I, now hobnobbing with the biggest oh, star in combat sports that's the only reason i have any access to anything in the sport is because of you
1: i appreciate that i mean i'm i'm happy for you to be able to uh have access and to have have these kind of uh Things happen, which you're, you're you're just a good person, and um, you. It's it's nice to see uh, people have you with them and appreciate you, and for you to have that access and have that you. It's a nice thing to have that um, chance to to be with not. Not these people because they're known and they're stars and they're obviously successful, like Dustin Poirier, people like that, and Woodley and all these people in our in this business. But it's a it, it's a it's a good person being with other good people. That's yes. the way I look at it. I, yes. I don't look at it as much with the separation of you know that obviously they they have a celebrityness and all that. That's obviously, that goes without saying, they've earned it. Um, but I, I look at it the way I just said it, that yeah. uh, they're good people. And uh, if you were fortunate enough to meet those people, even if they didn't have the celebrity and you were able to find out the kind of people they are, you'd enjoy being with them, period. That's
0: right. And speaking of good people and, 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 and enjoying their celebrity status, Teddy, when we walked into that arena, I walked in with... Um, Dustin Poirier, obviously, who we mentioned uh, on the last show that I was going to be there with uh, with my bodyguard. It was Dustin Poirier. I, I guess it wouldn't have mattered if I mentioned it now because I can tell you when we walked into that place, my, my friend Jesse Itzler and another guy, Devin Levesque, w- were both with us too. J- Jesse, Jesse owns the Atlanta Hawks, super nice guy. We walked in there with Dustin. You would have thought Mick Jagger walked in or, um, I don't know, who's the biggest star in the world. The place went crazy. Jay-Z. It, the place went crazy. It was a constant parade of people to our seats, insisting, not, hey, Dustin, can I take a picture? It was like, hey, Dustin, can I take a picture? As they grab him in a headlock and step on my shoes and push, <laughs> pushing past. I was like, are you asking or telling? But Dustin. To his credit, couldn't have been more of a gentleman. uh, Teddy, I'm not kidding. He took 10,000 pictures. I said to him by the end, I said, if we don't have COVID now, there is no such thing. People were in our face the whole night breathing. The security came down and said, hey, Dave Chappelle is in the back, wants to talk to you guys. (laughs) They they brought us in the back. Then they came over, hey, Tyron Woodley wants to see you. Jake Paul wants to see you. So we were like doing the whole tour. Or obviously, Dustin was doing the tour and said, I'm not coming without my man. And so we all we all went. But man, it was just great to see him get the recognition he so deserves for being such a good person. And majority of the comments that people were making were that they loved and appreciated the way he handled himself after the uh, most recent McGregor uh, victory with McGregor acting, of course, like a complete sore sport and Dustin just rising up and just being a gentleman the whole time. It was just great to see a complete circus atmosphere at this event, Teddy. I, I, unlike any fight that i've ever been to at times i was like dude is there any security here there were fights in the crowd there were no one was in their seats it was like as soon as the fight started people just stormed the ring honestly it was complete chaos As soon as the fight ended we had to make a mad sprint out of there because it was it was slightly uneasy to say the least but um i'm dying to hear your thoughts on some of these fights because
1: no oh, that's great to hear that because I hey, look uh, dustin is a superhero I mean, in their own way. these these, You know, because he's got the character to go along with the talent. And he, in his own way, he he beat an anti-hero. You know, in a a sort of way. I mean, I'm not knocking McGregor. McGregor is, give him all the credit in the world. He's a phenomenal athlete, phenomenal promoter, phenomenal uh, fighter. Uh, He's a warrior. I mean, uh, like him or don't like him. Uh, You know, and, and he's... He's been a pioneer for the sport. He's taken it to other to other levels, to other places, you know, with with the uh from an economic standpoint. He, kind of like I know some people probably get you know, the they have a conniption fit to hear this, but in some ways the way that you know, there's always someone before you, but like Muhammad Ali would bring boxing to that next level of, of, you know, a paycheck for the fighters. Uh, I think that's
0: a very fair comparison. Yeah,
1: I mean, he did. He, I mean, he did. McGregor did that. 100%. um, Like him or hate him, it doesn't matter. And that's part of why he did it, because people hate him and like him, like Muhammad Ali used to say. Hey, at the end of the day, there's one consistency. Whether they hate me or like me, they all buy a ticket. Yep. and you know and and that's that's what makes the world go around in their world uh that's that's what gets it done that's the magic of it that's the success of it you know um he's an antagonist uh and the antagonist was beat you know the the villain was beat and uh you know. Dustin is like Captain America. He he comes in there on his shield. And it's great to hear that. It's great for him to be acknowledged that way and celebrated that way and just embrace. Uh, because he's a regular guy. He you know, really he, is. He is what the people would wish someone to be when they're that guy that they pay money to watch and yep. that they look up to. Um, yeah. So that's great. I'm I'm great. Uh, yeah, that's great. I'm happy for you. Happy for him. That's terrific. Um, couldn't happen to better people. And uh, please always take my phone call, Ken. Please. Uh, <laughs> no, only, no question. I, that would break my heart. That would break my heart. if I uh, Teddy <laughs> Ho. Um, <laughs> never. Uh, that would, that
0: never, would kill me. Never. So, never. Never. You know, you're my best friend. I love you. If you're 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 at the top
1: of the list and you know that because hey. i i knew you i knew you when you weren't quite quite <laughs> as famous so go ahead you what, and what are i we, are
0: gonna you and i are gonna live and die doing? together hey before we get into the fights teddy one thing that a lot of the guys on this card probably should have done was subscribe to dynamic striking and checked out some of your like boxing basics because there wasn't a lot of boxing basics going on there were not a lot of jabs in the first fight we'll get into in a minute tommy fury if he did anything he threw a beautiful one too when he decided to throw it and it looked like he could have done that the whole night the kid who he was fighting just kept dipping to the right every single time every single time i was like dude I don't consider myself a boxing analyst or a purist. I'm like, he's doing the same thing every time. Hit him with a left when he does that. I do. Anyway, I digress, but I'll turn it over to you in a minute. But dynamic striking, check out Teddy's videos there. You can learn all the fundamentals of boxing. You can learn the jab, the uppercut, the peekaboo style, whatever you like. It's all there, and... Um, also, check out Teddy's audio book if you like some of the topics that we discuss here and you want to hear more about his background, check out Teddy's audio book, available on audible.com, at amazon.com, etc., etc. Teddy, what would you think of the Tommy Fury fight early on, first fight of the night?
1: Full disclosure, as always, I only saw the last 40 seconds. I, I tuned it in, and I saw the last 40 seconds of the fourth round, and I think I saw enough. I, I think, first of all, to your point of the opponent's slipping to his right. That is the side you don't want to stay on when you're fighting an orthodox fighter because if you slip to your right and you stay on your right, you're in the lane of the right hand. You want to finish on the left side where you're outside the right hand, you know. So that that, that just needs to be said since you brought that up. But look, we to, we're not here to make fun of people, but we're here to administer the truth. And, uh, you know, he... I don't think I had to see more than forty. He's very crude, you know. He he's obviously hasn't had much experience. So, but he's he's not he's just not polished. He's uh, he's uh, the nicest thing I could say is you know he's a good looking guy, <laughs> and uh, he very might handsome. be better. <laughs> you know he might be better of uh, uh, in some ways. Again, it's how can it not come off as a knock? And I don't mean it to, but the truth is the truth. He, he might be better off modeling those gloves with uh, those trunks than he is fighting in them um, <laughs> to, to a certain extent. Uh, but uh, having saw 40 seconds, if there was stock for sale in your world, so to speak, Ken, I'm not buying. You know, <laughs> I, I, uh, again, uh, if it comes off, you know, I'm talking about him being crude. I don't want to come off crude or cruel. But again, we're here... To tell the truth to the audience, and does that mean that he can't improve? No, uh, he's obviously a work in progress. Uh, but you know, how much time do you have uh, to improve, and to what level can you get to? I can't see him. I can't perceive him getting to any kind of really uh, consequential level. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I within a time frame that that is obviously uh, a common sense time frame that we're talking about. You know, we're we're not talking about, uh, you know, we're not talking about 2030. You know, we're we're talking about in in recent amount of time uh, or in a decent amount of uh, future time. Uh, I I just don't see, and I don't know if I could see selling that fight, to be honest with you, with Paul at this point. Uh, Tommy
0: Fury at this point is only fighting four-rounders. Jake Paul is in there. I mean, at least he went eight rounds with the former UFC champ. We'll get into that in a minute. But my takeaway from that fight when I was sitting there with the guys who we were watching together, I thought if this kid who Tommy Fury is fighting, I can't remember his name, if this kid is Jake Paul's main sparring partner, I want ten thousand on Woodley because I thought that that kid, and again, like you, I don't try to knock anyone. Look, I'm not getting in the ring, but I thought that for a guy whose job is a boxer, he did not have any technique at all. And all I could think was, if that's the only guy Jake Paul's working with, with clearly it can't be because he looked Paul looked much better, but that kid did not look polished. He did not look good. Um,
1: well, I mean, again, <laughs> no, you didn't have to. You didn't have to spend a lot of time uh watching it. I, I I saw the last forty seconds or so and you could see that he's um you know, he's not gonna be mistaken for a uh, contender. No. that's uh, let's, let's put it that way. <laughs>
0: I will save the production value at that place, the 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 production itself, aside from the lack of security and the like madness in the crowd i thought the production value was really entertaining i loved all the walkouts it was exciting i thought they did a good job i loved seeing ariel hawani there in the ring doing the post-fight interviews i loved seeing the guys from barstool sports had their had their desk up there oh they i love those guys i absolutely love them they bring like a a light element to these like these events that sometimes can take an unnecessarily serious tone, but it wasn't that complete circus that Triller was putting on. It was still serious. I mean, I, obviously, I didn't see the broadcast, but from being there, it was had the feel of a professional fight minus the security in the crowd. But I liked the way I liked the bar stool element that lightened the, the the mood just a little bit without turning into a sideshow that is thriller. Um nevertheless but
1: I can tell you this I give you this much um, since you didn't watch it uh, bet the opposite of what they pick <laughs> they, <laughs> hey, hey, you make money you make you do well and they do do a good job Portnoy of course is a genius you know he's ahead him. of the curve with all this streaming stuff and everything that I don't understand anything I might as well be cracking molecules you know and splitting <laughs> I think you meant, atoms I think you meant. Uh, yeah I you're about splitting streaming. atoms <laughs> uh, <laughs> when I talk about streaming, but yeah. uh, obviously he's he's a genius. He, he's he's built a hell of a, a hell of a business um, with that bar stool, and and he's smart. He's entertaining, and it does bring that uh, of you know it does bring that value to the broadcast of you know uh, everybody. You know the the gambling aspect is is out there. And if nothing else, not only does it give you an opportunity to put a couple shillings, as as I think about my brothers and sisters across the pond, uh, on something, but it just it brings us, it brings the event, it gives the event uh, authenticity when when you put that in there. Like it just makes it feel bigger. Yeah, Uh, and exactly. People
0: are are betting on sports like it's going out of style. To ignore it and pretend like it's not happening is naive and foolish. It's like making cannabis illegal. If you want to smoke cannabis, same with alcohol and prohibition. It's like, come on, man, we're beating around the bush. Adding that sports element, I love seeing during the game. Oh, the the live line is now here. If you could take him, oh, now he's getting the crap beat out of him. Now he's uh, plus 800 instead of even money. You know how... I, and I like that Barstool's well, highlighting Well, to that all
1: point, that. I'll tell you what's interesting. To that point, it made me think, and we'll get to it in, uh, now in a second, but in the other fight, Baranchuk and Love, I, I was saying, how the hell... Who made Love a favorite? I yeah. mean, I, yeah. I mean, who made Love of underdog? Who made Baranchuk a favorite? Because when you watch that, I mean love dominated that that fight i mean he, he was much the better fighter and a more together boxer uh much more polished much better technique southpaw who was smart picking the spots counter punching i mean he was he was good and yeah. Baranchek, i mean who, i i again i'd like to know i'd like to know who made him uh, maybe i need to be uh on that site and make a few shillings because Whoever made him a favorite, God, Before I don't know who f- made Baranchuk a favorite.
0: You know what, though? Before the fight, I would have said if you just asked me, hey, Baranchuk is fighting this kid, Montana Love, I didn't know much about him. I know Baranchuk is tough from his fight against Jose Was I think that was his last opponent when they had fight of the year. He ended up getting knocked out, but my God, he can go tooth and nail. I didn't know much about Montana Love. So I'd say yeah, all right, maybe Baranchek's a small favor. No, but the to people who
1: make these lines, they they I, they're not you. They need know. to know something. <laughs> I know. I, you know what I mean? And to not know that, I mean Baranchek, you know he, I mean he, he acts as though it's illegal to throw a straight punch, <laughs> and it's also against the law to move your head. Well, yeah. I mean, let's really? let, let's get I mean, into
0: that... it. But Baranchek Bur- Montana Love uh, Montana Love stops stops Baranchek uh, at the end of the seventh round. Uh, for those who don't know, like I said, Baranchek had been knocked out badly in his last fight. Was it Jose Zapeda? I- was that the last? I think so. Yeah. Tooth and nail. Fight of the year. I mean, blood and guts beat the crap out of each other. Like you said, not a lot of head movement of defense, just a lot of face punching. So that being said, he had a long suspension from Nevada State Athletic Commission because he had taken such a beat and had been knocked out cold. So when this, when this fight at the end of the seventh round, when Montana Love started putting it on him, Sparanchek survived. The ref was going to let him continue. The bell rings. He goes back to the corner until the trainers credit as soon as he got back i mean he was out on his feet as soon as he got back to the corner the trainer started taking the tape off as his promoters lou de and another guy who co-promotes were running over to the corner to demand them stop the fight because of the punishment he took in that round good and the them. previous fight well, so to them. everyone's credit they they stopped it and uh, montana love got the win so with that being said what'd you see there and uh obviously you weren't surprised
1: yeah no listen all you have to know about that matchup was love you know love was a really good amateur he knew how to fight you know and uh he was obviously in a better mental and physical place you know not having come off a, a stoppage loss uh, like barancic he was in a better place in every way and and just a much more complete fighter he's a southpaw. uh he i mean he he dominated the fight except one spot where he got caught uh, it was just so much smarter, better technically, as I said. Baranchek, as I said, it you know really did act as though you know it's against the law to throw a straight punch or move his head. Uh, it was a uh, matter of fact. I had just had Rob. I had just texted Rob. Just literally, I had it all set up. I was about to push the button. Like ten seconds before he got hit with that uppercut, Baranchik got knocked out with that uppercut or dropped and i just waited a little too long and then bang i i hit it and then the knockout happened so you have to trust me that i i had just said he's about to get knocked out uh i matter of fact i was being a little cute with words not that it was too poetic or too difficult or uh, exactly makes me uh any kind of wordsmith i was just saying i love love by ko and then Bang! It was uh it was all over. But I I I tell you, I have to. If they're gonna make lines like that, I might be interested in uh you know doing some of my bookie stuff and looking at that to have a little supplemental income, as they like to say. Because that I, again to make him favorite, it's uh, I know it's hindsight. It's twenty twenty. I get it, but. Uh, it's it was pretty obvious that love was just uh the superior guy but anyway uh, hopefully he's okay speran check that's the main thing uh that he's okay he's not hurt
0: yeah that was uh, um congratulations to montana love the hometown hero there in fighting in cleveland he he looked good um next up female fighter i love amanda serrano as a fighter um uh, it's unfortunate some of the distractions that come with her seemingly every time she fights with the uh manager trainer who i've met multiple times and in person is very nice guy but my god some of the antics from the um trainer brother-in-law manager yikes amanda serrano one-sided beat down on Yamalith Mercado, uh Mexican fighter. She gets tenth round tenth round 10 round victory, unanimous decision, one one way traffic all night. Maybe the maybe the Mexican girl won a round or two. But Amanda Serrano's an awesome fighter. I like her as a fighter. She's just she's classy. She's she's pretty. She just shows up and beats people up. And 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 you never hear about any crap with her outside of the ring. I like her. And then unfortunately, Jordan steals the spotlight after the fight with just i don't know why he does this but he does and um it's unfortunate um but how'd you like that fight and what'd you think of amanda serrano
1: so i i love her you know as you're you're giving a you know platitudes and uh deservingly so i mean serrano's very dimensional versatile can go get it can go get you inside can counter to. too uh she's like a terence crawford you know goes to the body like uh, like Warford, uh, like Mickey Ward. I mean, when I say like Terrence Crawford, I mean, Terrence Crawford can go catch you. He's my number one right now, pound for pound, best fighter in the world. He can go catch you. He can counter. He can go inside, outside. She's she's that, she's that dimension. I use Terence Crawford to to just kind of bang that idea home that uh, she's she's that good. Uh, she knows what the hell she's doing. Uh, Mikado as I said, she also goes to the body like uh Mickey Ward, the great body puncher. Um Mikado showed great heart and character. Uh the promoter I, I had sent out a tweet on this, the promoter can should give a bonus. Uh, The way she kept trying, never giving in while she was obviously outgunned. Yeah, I Uh, meant to
0: say that. No quit whatsoever. She was there all night, and she was taking shots and kept coming. Oh, God. Credit to her. I
1: am so brave, uh, so tough. And and she should get a bonus. Seriously, I'm not just... I I mean that. Kind of the way they do with... uh, Not that I'm trying to spend anyone's money, but I am. Uh, A little bit like they do with the UFC when... You know, when Dana White will have the bonus for the fight of the night or sensational knockout, whatever. I think in cases like this, when she showed that kind of courage, again, being outgunned all night long, she should get something extra. But anyway, uh, Serrano showed class, speaking after the fight, the opposite of, as you just noted, her trainer. Who tried to somehow question Macado's courage and Mexican heritage? I thought it was terrible saying that she ran instead of fighting like a Mexican. Uh, that was just that was I hard I mean, Teddy, me, if she had it was fought. very difficult to hear that. It was difficult to to listen to that. I mean, I guess he. I mean, according to the way he's talking, so I guess he would have said the same about. Muhammad Ali's courage when he fought Joe Frazier—that Ali was boxing and, you know, <laughs> and, and was showing uh, not behaving like a fighter—in uh, in his uh, in his estimation, if he's going to say that about his own, uh, if he's going to say that about Mikado. so I, I just, it just—it was a tough thing to hear him say.
0: Very. I mean, what, what should she do? Stand there and get knocked out for his entertainment? She was outgunned all night. I thought she made a valiant effort considering how outclassed she was at times. And she still stayed in there and kept throwing. Like, what could she have done different short of just stand still, plant her feet and either get knocked out or land a bomb? It's the. the I don't understand. I, I really it, it was disheartening to hear because it took away from Amanda Serrano, who's the star of the night. Did everything she was supposed to do. She was gracious in victory, and here comes the trainer, a manager in the back, chirping, "You're not in there throwing punches, dude. Step back, like let the, let the fighters fight." Anyway, well,
1: yeah, it, was, it was it was it was it was not uh, it was not good to hear that. It was classless. But um, one of the commentators, uh, I you know mentioned it, which I was happy to hear that that somebody said something about it. Uh, instead of just ignoring it. uh, uh, Some things have to be, you know, have to be addressed. So, uh, and I also, it's probably just a coincidence, but one of the commentators had said a couple things exactly what I had said before the Woodley-Paul fight. Uh, Probably just an example of uh, great minds thinking alike. Um, (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm sure it's just a coincidence. Of course. I'm sure. (laughs) And and just, yeah, because otherwise they would, because otherwise obviously they would give credit to the person that they were getting that thought from. You know? You know what and, you know and, and, they I, should I, do I know.
0: in that case, Teddy, is simply go to Cameo, search Teddy Atlas, ask for a message regarding fun, different types of, uh, opi- different opinions on fight uh, scenarios. Subscribe to the Teddy Atlas cameo page and get a personalized message from Teddy. You're my
1: agent. You're my agent. You You want it today. You are good, you. You are good, you. And while uh, you you're at Cameo, you
0: can navigate over to Box Raw and check out the 36 collection, the Teddy Atlas collection on Box Raw. They've got beautiful stuff. We've got some here at Teddy, and I'm going to break it out one of these days. It's a tank top, so I, I, I want to wait so. until my muscles get a little bit bigger.
1: Oh, well, well, They're big enough. They're big enough. <laughs> I got to get but a little more lean. I sent that stuff. You better start showing it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, listen, if... If I didn't think that I would get destroyed on the internet for wearing a tank top on here, I would have worn it the first day. But I'm trying to figure out how to work it in, maybe over a t-shirt or something. That's all I need. Either they'll say my I look like I got chicken arms, or they'll say that I've got um, you know t- uh, I have no definition. There'll be some critique. So I'm so trying gonna, to like figure out how. No, which, what, po- no, I'm trying to choose say, my poison. They're
1: say they're gonna say, look at those guns on Ken. That's what they're gonna say. Look at those pythons! There they are! There they are! They're gonna say, "Put them in a cage!" Those pythons.
0: <laughs> well, listen, we're coming up on the main event, and this was the uh, to me, this was one of the highlights of the night. So they came and got uh Dustin. They said, "Dustin, you can come in the back and see Woodley and um and um Jake and 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 they were like. I don't know if he said you can't bring anyone or you can bring one. And Dustin looks at me and I go, if you, "If you gotta go, go." He goes, "No, no, no. Either they're taking us both, or they're not, or I'm not going." And he was like, "My man's coming with me." So we went back, we went in, and uh, so we saw Jake Paul. Had a few words. Then he was doing his thing. And I, to to his credit, he was like taking it serious. They were like real. They weren't clown. And they were warming up. And um, but the brother Logan Paul was there, so we chit chatting And I said, "You know, you know, Teddy um picked um Jake to win by knockout." He goes. Oh, I know I, I watch every episode he goes I know exactly what he said he said he's gonna knock him out would lose a shot fighter and blah 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 blah. I was like and then his dad came over Paul's dad and came over and said uh, love the show tell Teddy I said hello thanks for the vote of confidence it was it was it was it was fun then we went into Tyron's uh, locker room and I gotta tell you when I saw Tyron warming up that he, talk about being built like a brick shit house in person this kid is lean he's thick he, I, I don't know if they had drug testing in this thing, but he looked like a freak of nature. Like he could be a linebacker in the NFL. He looked awesome. He looked smooth warming up, and um, he was also very serious. We were just in there for a split second. It's but, nice um, to
1: have. Nice. It's nice to have special genetics too. Oh,
0: oh, you, you you know how it is. I mean, you see some people. Look, the guy obviously works his ass off. He's one of the best UFC champs in history but you know when you look at one of those guys who's just like my god look at the physique on that guy you can just tell some of those you know to to his credit you get those genetic gifts but then what do you do with them because a lot of people might waste them but he's put them to use and man is he uh he looked he looked good and and after seeing him and then seeing the sparring partner I was thinking Tyron Woodley's gonna kill him And obviously, that didn't happen. The fight was... um, But I will say, the fight was uh, more entertaining than I thought it would be. My takeaway from the fight, and I'm dying to hear what you thought thought about it. Because obviously, for the fans, we we never discuss these things before we go live here. I give what I saw and then turn it over to the expert. But from my perspective, it looked like Tyron Woodley had absolutely zero confidence in his cardio. It looked like he was... He looked like he had the gas tank, but he refused to let his hands go. Almost like, I know I have still some gas, so I'm not gonna use it now. And he'd throw a flurry and then let him recover. He'd score on a few shots, let him recover. And I'm like, "What, dude, at least keep pressing with the jab or something. And again, it's easier to say than to do, but that was my perspective. And. I thought Paul was tired, but justifiably so. He's had four fights. He doesn't have an amateur career. He's going eight rounds with a guy who's a real fighter. So I had a little more understanding as to why Jake Paul might not want to extend himself early, but I couldn't understand why Tyron wouldn't, or, or at least he would walk him down but then not throw. You're like, you press, you're backing him up, you're backing him up, backing him up, and then let the other guy get off. Like, he's not working behind the jab. He wasn't doing like basic fundamentals. Again, could have used some dynamic striking tutorials, but what did you think? Did you, did you get that impression at times? Like, well, tiring man, like, trust your cardio. It's only eight rounds. Like, it, you're losing the fight by not being active and it ends up being a very close decision for Jake Paul. What'd you think?
1: So Ken, to your point, and, and listen, excellent point. Uh, obviously, that's that's what it uh, that's exactly what it appeared. I my my thoughts on it is that there's a reason why I picked, and again, we always full transparency. There's a reason why I picked Paul to win this fight, and I picked him by knockout, so... I picked the right guy, but I I had it going to, you know, obviously the end result, not by knockout. So I was wrong, even though I was right with the winner. But the reason why I picked him, and I picked Paul, the less experienced, obviously the, the guy who's not the professional fighter in this case. The reason I picked him is partly because Woodley has been in a you're attached to your mental frame. You could have a Ferrari uh, race car, and it has all the horsepower in the world. It's got all the RPMs in the world. But if your temperament is, you know, kind of to be driving Miss Daisy, right? I mean, if 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 you if if you've been say in an accident, and you're 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 cautious about going fast now it doesn't matter how much horsepower is underneath that hood it don't matter people look at the car and you made a great point of looking at his physique and the way he looks and his the way is you know you figure his cardio was and all those things that you assume are attached to that uh and you're right you're not wrong but it's this it's the driver if the the ferrari can be there with all that horsepower ten thousand horsepower whatever the hell it is but if the driver is coming off accidents and the driver is not confident about hitting that gas pedal that car has to obey the driver and that's what i thought i thought that yeah this car has still got plenty of horsepower but the driver has been in some accidents the driver has lost four fights in a row the driver is not in a confident place And that's why I bet against him. That was the main reason. Also, there was some physical reason because he pushes his jab and I thought that he would leave a window open for the right hand to come over. And I thought that Paul, look, Paul's not Ernie Shavers with the right hand. I don't pretend that he is. But he's got a decent right hand and more importantly, he believes in it. So I figured that There'd be an opportunity when the jab's being pushed for the right hand to be able to land. That's where I came up with the knockout. There has to be a reason. That was my physical reason for that. But the reason I picked him overall and my backup was he's still going to win the fight is because the driver's not a confident driver. Again, the engine's fine. I, there's nothing wrong with the engine. Yeah, he's yeah he's 39 years old, but, but he he he's a he's not a used up 39 but where he's used up is mentally where where he's diminished his mentally. and what i mean is not courage anything he's a warrior he's a gladiator i mean woodley is the greatest welterweight champion in the history of the ufc let me say it again. He's the greatest welterweight champion in the history of the UFC. Let me give more platitudes. Let me give more his accolades. He deserves it. He's a warrior. He's a gladiator. All those guys are. He's special, but. You are attached. When I did Friday Night Fights, when I did all the boxing at ESPN, I would always say it doesn't matter what your power is. It doesn't matter what your speed is. It doesn't matter what your body looks like. It doesn't matter what your talent pool is. It matters again. It's not the car, it's the driver. It matters what your temperament is, what your personality is, what your belief system is where you are emotionally and mentally, that's what matters because that's the way you're going to drive the car, whether it's a, a car of a human being or a car of a mechanical car, whatever it is that we're using the analogy and the comparison. And he was in a place and is in a place, Woodley, where he's not going to drive the car fast, where where he's gotten to this place. And that's part of why he lost four in a row because he he's he's not taking the risk that he would have taken at another point in his life and again you want to blame it on 39 go ahead uh, that 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 takes some of the responsibility there but it's not it's not all that it's it's where he is whether part of it's attached to being 39 whether it's attached now that he's lost four in a row there's there's a confidence level there's a there there's a there's a a level of belief yeah he i'm sure he believed he could beat this guy but what what gets translated what comes out in the translation what what gets shown physically is the temperament he has now and the temperament he has now is to be careful to be cautious and i think that in his mind, somewhere also adding to that was that he wasn't going to be embarrassed. He wasn't going to he wasn't going to lose his legacy. Very important, and he didn't. He wasn't going to lose his legacy like Askren may have to some degree, but he, that wasn't going to happen. So I think that that fed into it that his temperament already has been for the last several years to be cautious, but now. He was gonna. He was. Yeah, he wanted to win, but that's winning, keeping your legacy intact. There's different degrees and dimensions of winning. People don't understand that sometimes. It's not just having your hand raised. I think they both won. Yeah. I think they both won. I, I agree. think that. I think that he won and he kept his legacy. He didn't. he In in place. That he's still the greatest welterweight champion in the history of the UFC. He went into. A different realm, a boxing realm. Yeah, not with a professional fight. I get it with a with a guy who's just learned this three years ago. But, but let's still, not forget
0: too that Woodley it's not his old,
1: realm. He's not allowed. He's not allowed to bring all his talents. He's not allowed to bring all his abilities into this realm, which is kicking, uh, grappling, jujitsu, whatever. He's not allowed to bring all that. But in the realm that he went in, he did not damage his legacy. Go ahead, I'm sorry, Ken, you...
0: No, no, I just wanted to say that people are keep this, saying this crap about Jake Paul fight a real fighter. He has four fights. He fought two amateur fighters with no experience. Ben Askren, who's a wrestler who's prob- who clearly didn't uh, know the fundamentals of boxing for, for all intents and purposes. And then he got in with Tyron Woodley, who's a legitimate fighter. He's not a boxer. But now people... I, I, I he's don't progressed.
1: Get- he has progressed. He's has uh, a progression. But I don't get people
0: criticize him say he go fight a real fighter you show me someone any human being who doesn't have a boxing pedigree at all give them four amateur fights and say go fight a real professional fighter they did get there you couldn't even be a sparring partner to a to a crap pro fighter with that experience well, level so he,
1: and and to your point he's not stupid so exactly listen and and again i want to blow up a little i want to get a little brain matter on the walls right now he's like <laughs> floyd mayweather yeah, yeah yeah there it is get the lyso out you got to clean that stuff up really you, you can't leave that stuff on the walls um go ahead uh, clean it up because he's like him because he's smart because he's a good manager, he's a good matchmaker, he picks his spots really well, and he progressed a little bit, but he still picked his spot and he picked it the way that I picked him to win, and the way that I picked Woodley and the way I saw shortcomings or opportunities for uh you know for Paul to be able to to beat him it's it's the same way, yeah I look at this. I have to look at it with reasoning. I have to look at it with judgment, with with experience to make my pick. I don't just, you know, I don't just put two names on a piece of paper and and turn them upside down and flip them around a couple of times and turn one up and say, okay, that's the guy I'm picking. No, I don't. It has to be based on, on something that tells me something. And that's exactly what he's doing to his credit. He... He saw some of the things I saw, obviously he's got a size advantage of him he's fifteen years younger Woodley's on a losing streak, but I think from a physical standpoint, he saw what I saw that woodley for the most part he'll push his jab out he won't extend it he's shorter he to begin with, but if you're not put extending your jab well then then you're miniature then 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 you've really magnified uh the the difference of of being short. I mean, you you've you've really added to that problem, um, and he added to that problem. I I felt that once uh, once again that it doesn't matter what's under the hood. What matters is who's driving and where that driver is, and mentally, and Woodley going into this fight. I think part of him winning was to start with he's not going to get caught with something that could damage his legacy. That was part of it. I'm not saying he didn't try to win. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that to actually win this fight, he would have had to had the ability to make a decision and kind of leapfrog past that 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 sort of stream running underneath that was the stream of of caution the the that that danger stream because he would have he would have had to care maybe a little less about the legacy he would have had to care maybe a little less about what we all care about, which is surviving yep and and I think that his whether it was conscious or subconscious, that Woodley was part of woodley's and and where he's been for a number of years now in the u f c where he's gotten to a place where the caution b- becomes stronger than his ability to take a risk to sell out to win at all costs um again i'm not saying that he's i i know how competitive he is i i know how what a warrior he is i i respect all of that but i know we're controlled by things sometimes conscious sometimes subconscious that become they become entranced into us they 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 become embedded into our into our being into our being that we'd be foolish if we didn't have thoughts of concern of not being reckless you know of not being a kamikaze pilot of not just you know running into the propeller of the plane you know I remember when this will bring my point out. I remember when Tyson came back after being in prison. They picked his opponent uh, very obviously; they were going to be very careful, and he. Uh, so they picked an opponent from Boston, from your neck of the woods, and uh, his name right now you you can look it up on a computer. Peter McNeely. Yeah, McNeely, and. Now, probably
0: one of the best pre-fight interviews in the history of pre-fight interviews like a fish out of water deer in headlights when yeah. he gets, goes through thinking about he's it's for my grandmother it's for my grandfather and last but not least it's for stubby then the guy goes to someone goes, last but not least medfield and i, <laughs> I was like this poor guy yeah and he's like kind of crying he's so emotional and then sure enough he gets hit with two punches in the corners like he's had but enough dude.
1: he's the only one he didn't say it's for is from, uh, and it's from Ken right out. <laughs> uh, you know, but, That would
0: have been the only time I would have been like, I don't know that guy. No,
1: well, who's that? Uh, <laughs> but what he came out and it ended in, you know, the way people figure it would end quickly. Yeah. And he, he ran out and he went right after Tyson. A lot of people said it was, it was obviously courage, it was bravery, it was confidence, it was belief. It was the opposite of that. Of yeah, course. he's a. Yeah, he's got guts. I I don't. Anyone who gets in the ring has plenty of guts. More guts than an average guy. I'm not. What I'm talking about. I'm separating things here, and defining things. It was more about being out of control. He was out of control. His his fear, his emotions, took him into the propeller of the plane. He he ran in there. As much to get it over with. That's right. As he did to win. It, w- it wasn't about attached to true confidence. It wasn't attached to true warrior mentality. It was because a warrior wouldn't do that. A warrior mentality has more control of himself because he's, he's, he's refined in that area. He's developed in that area. He knows the dangers. And he would be more controlled in that area and that's and he showed the opposite of that McNeely ran right because he was out of control he was just looking to get it over with even if he didn't consciously say that yep that's what it amounted to so the point i'm making here is that's what you wrestle with and for woodley woodley's too experienced to to just you know, he, he's not going to, he understands the, the dangers. And having gotten to the point he's gotten to where he's no longer the prime Woodley that was welterweight champ, he's gotten to a place now where a lot of the thinking is in the area of knowing what, knowing what the risk is. Where before he always knew the risk, but he had the he had the ability to deal with that risk in a more aggressive way, in a in a in a more just a more you know a, a more confident way. But now he has gotten into the his M O, his method of operation has become where. It's first about the risk. It's first about, you know, whether he's thinking that consciously or not, it's there. And Paul saw that when you watch tapes of him. You could see that he's a guy. If you want to make it real simple and not go as deep as I'm going, you just say, well, he's not aggressive. He's, He's not. But he used to be more aggressive. Now, and even when he had him hurt in the fourth round, when he buzzed him, he didn't. You could argue, and you're not wrong to say you should have sold out more. You should have taken more. But you can't if that's not you anymore. If that's no longer you, you can't do that. Because you've become... You've become what I'm saying you've become. Where that is what controls you physically. Because that's what control you emotionally. And mentally. So that... The problem all night long, he put pressure. People said, "Oh," and and I was gonna text this, and I decided not to. Pressure breaks pipes. Pressure breaks people. And the pressure started to tie up Paul. But what the pressure was not accompanied with, it was not joined with, partnered with, was punches in a consistent manner. It was not part to your point. It was not partnered with punches. So what it's tantamount to doing. Is going out there. The fall's coming. Autumn's coming pretty soon. Ken, you're gonna. Well, I know you have people that do this work for you. <laughs> but, uh, but for the I got four half, little kids
0: that are gonna rake but, those you know, leaves. Uh,
1: there it is. They're the right guys. The, that's the right way to raise somebody. <laughs> of course. Uh, they're gonna go out there and rake leaves. Now, when you rake the leaves and you rake them into a pile, what do you do? You get rid of the leaves. You don't leave them in the pile so the wind can blow them back and scatter them again. Well, basically, that's what. Happened. He was raking the leaves, you know, going forward, doing all the physical work, raking the leaves into a pile. But then he didn't get rid of the leaves, and he let the leaves scatter back. And that's exactly what happened. And in the leaves being obviously poor, where he got back to being on the outside and back to controlling with the jab and back to being able to survive and then win rounds. He he did not get rid of the leaves. And he, at this point in his career, I don't know that he has the mentality, the capacity to have that mentality anymore. And I, and that's why I picked against him, where he was. And again, you want to attach it to 39? Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm not going to argue with you. But whatever you want, that's where he is. He's the guy driving a car. The car's still good enough to drive faster it's still good i believe that but he doesn't believe it he do, he doesn't that's exactly what it looked like and and he doesn't have that level of belief anymore so and and he again it might not even be conscious as much as it is ingrained subconsciously that is just where he is and what he is now so at the end of the day yeah he was putting pressure on him but it wasn't the effective Aggression and pressure. You know, he wasn't getting rid of the leaves. That's the bottom line. He it wasn't with the punches. And even when he hurt him, even in the he won two rounds on my scorecard. He won the fourth and he won the eighth. You know, I don't know where that guy came from. Can you imagine? The, uh, but uh, one had uh, uh, him winning uh, seventy-seven, I, I, seventy-five. I, I mean, I mean that guy should have to explain himself. But again, uh, that that we've talked, we've been down this road so many times. It's like beating a dead horse um, <laughs> with that stuff. But at the end of the day there were opportunities to go after him and a lot of people are going to say he missed the eye no he was never going to go after him see this is where people are going to where i'm probably getting people go nuts right now he was never going to go after that that's why he was chosen as that opponent because he had become that guy that just didn't have he was like he became the gunslinger because these guys, these guys are special guys, and Woodley's a special dude, and I hope um, it's coming across that I have that kind of admiration. But he's now that gunslinger who gets to a point where he can no longer get the gun out of the holster. Yeah, he 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 can't. Uh, the the gun stays in the holster more than it gets out. He can't get the gun. I mean, you know, he's still got the look. He's still, got the, he's still got the nerve. Yeah, he still has all of that. You got to have a nerve to be a gunslinger. He's still got all of that. But he doesn't have, and when I say the nerve, the guts, the constitution, the, the makeup, but he doesn't have the belief to get that gun out of the holster fast anymore and it gets left in the holster and it's still a gun. He still he heard it with the right hand. The bullets were still live bullets, but he just can't get it out of the holster anymore. And 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 I don't necessarily believe it's physical as I already I talked to agree about. with you. But yep. and, and I and that's it. And that that's people come here to hear something, they come here to get an explanation. That's my explanation. That's what you're going to hear. But at the end of the day Everybody won in a way that Woodley kept his legacy. He can make an argument. He won the fight. One judge gave it to him. He heard him. He can make the argument. I should have finished him. So, so he's he he he's got his he's got that. So he won in that way, even though his hand didn't get raised. And the other guy won in a way. Paul won in a way that he showed something that everybody wondered that when a day comes that he's going to be asked to behave like a fighter will he behave like a fighter and he did he passed that test he 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 won in a way where there was some authenticity to him for once nobody knew if it was authentic nobody yeah. knew if, if he had any credibility nobody knew All they knew is he's picking these guys and he's a big guy and he's got an advantage. And he does. He has an age advantage. He's got a size advantage. He has a reach advantage. But he's not a professional fighter. He's Let's also give a
0: little. We should. We should also give a little bit of credit to uh, his his trainer, B J Flores. I think B J Flores yeah, has done look, a great job. B J Flores, good guy. Look, really look nice I
1: give guy. credit to B J Flores. I give credit for him seeking out B J Flores. I yep. give credit, and I have from the beginning, to the Paul brothers for taking not for respecting the sport, yes. that they've respected the sport. They went out there and they learned what they had to learn. Look. Uh, are they? Uh, I'm not pretending they've become Jake Lamato or Marvin Hagler. I, I I haven't lost my mind. I don't have to be <laughs> drug tested. I I I I understand that. But they respected the sport. They went out there, and they learned what they had to learn. They dedicated themselves to learning it. And again, I say what's going to make people brain matter go on the walls again? You got to get the Lysol out again. They're he's like mayweather he's he's picking his spots there's why wouldn't he why wouldn't but this one there was a little more danger and this one at the end of the day he got what he needed he got a little test to find out for himself that he could depend on himself he's got to be better for it because no matter how he talked forget about the talk and no matter how he promoted himself and all that crap forget it at the end of the day, you have to find out if you really feel that you could depend on yourself. And he found out. He got an answer. We all have questions in life. And I think that's part of why he's doing this. Because I, I, think, he, I think at a young age, you can't do certain things at a certain point. It becomes too late. And I think that he's in a place where he... He wants to find out things about... Yeah, I I don't think it's about just making money. I know some people are going to get probably mad at me and say, well, gee, you're giving this guy a lot of credit. No, I'm giving him what I think he deserves to be given. I think that he's already made money. I think that he wants to find out about himself. He wants to see how far into the cave he can go and how far the cave goes. Yeah. And the cave is dark. That's us. The cave is us inside ourselves. How far can you go inside that cave and continue to put lights on and continue to lighten dark places and continue to go? How far can you go? And how, and who knows? Who knows how far? And I think he. I, I think he's trying to discover that. And that's a great thing in life, to be able to explore yourself, to find out what you truly are capable of and what the walls, wh- who says you have a wall? Everyone says there's a wall, you hit a wall and you're not, obviously you're not able to uh, achieve anything past that, that ceiling, right? That's what we call it, that ceiling. Well, who says there's a ceiling except the fact that we say there's a ceiling? but but what if what if we keep saying i don't believe this is ceiling i i believe that i can push that ceiling further back and and find how far how high that roof really is or how high i can go or how far i can venture into that that space
0: that's like the story of um, all athletic uh, records. Think about the four minute mile, the two hour marathon, and all look, those things.
1: A hundred percent. But I, and look, I'm not trying to make this guy, you know, a, a one of these superior, uh, once in a lifetime athlete. I'm making him a human being. I'm just making him a guy that has an opportunity to search, to to search out what he can be, to 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 find out some answers to some questions internally. That's all I'm making them out to be. That's all I'm making them out to be. To
0: your point, when we started this podcast, this whole thing was about connecting the dots of life, using fighting as an analogy, and... Yes, Jake Paul's not gonna challenge for uh, the light heavyweight championship of the world, but guess what? He's a kid who was making YouTube videos a couple years ago and now he's fighting professional fights, and you should take motivation from that in whatever you're doing. You don't have to be a fighter. Maybe you wanna write a book that you've been putting off and making excuses for the last three years. Or maybe you wanna start a new business and you're scared shillers. This is an example of like, hey, if you don't take shots, you're not gonna score goals.
1: I'm gonna, I'm gonna piggyback off of what you just said. You opened the door for me, and I'm gonna go in that door. He's gotten better already as a human being. Maybe this is penance for him. Yeah, maybe this is penance. He, for the first time ever, he said something that didn't sound just like boisterous, arrogant, you know, promotional, you know, uh, pitches, and 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 and. Gibble gurble gobble gurble, you know, just uh, and stuff that doesn't sound good. Sometimes, quite frankly, that that I could do without hearing it. Yeah. But I understand what it's based on. I understand uh, what what he's aiming for. I understand the reason behind it. I get it. But it doesn't mean I like it. But for once, I liked what he said. He talked about bullying, and you know what? I immediately said, "This guy is growing." Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I hold on a minute here. He he talked about bullying, and when I say he's doing penance, he talked about how he used to be a bully. Maybe he's trying to become a better person. And I'm not getting crazy out there. Don't get, don't think that you know. Don't run to I'm running to lords, and then I'm gonna cleanse myself in some water. I I'm not going crazy. I'm not. (laughs) I'm not going overboard. But I'm just saying, there's growth to this kid. He's only 24 years old, and maybe he's starting to see some things through the risk that he's putting himself in because this time there was a little more risk. And now, and, and it, was a, it was a controlled risk. It was a calculated risk, and it was calculated on his side. I made that point already. But what I'm saying is he might not have liked the person that he was, and this might be his journey to get to a better person. How's that sound? I, 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 I know no, people are going to say, wow, where'd that come from? Well, it came from where it came from. Me being in, around in, in combative positions for many, 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 many years. And sometimes uh, sometimes you get to places where you want to redeem yourself. You want to find out things about yourself, but part of that is to get redemption to see if he could be better. And when he started talking about bullying and that he was a bully and made that sort of confession, if you will, um, that's where it came from. I started thinking, wait a minute, this guy's looking for self-redemption. Not public redemption, but self-redemption. He wants to see if he can grow. And you know what? That's not a bad thing. That's a freaking good thing, and I and it's the first time I, <laughs> I'm I'm saying good things, and I'm I'm uh, at the same time I'm smacking them because <laughs> I'm saying it's the first time I heard him say something that that I liked, to be quite frank. But but I had to say it. I had to say it. Yeah, no, because, I agree with you. Because at the end of the day, what he's doing can also be a thing that can teach people to. Try to get better, to, to, to try to advance yourself, to try to improve yourself. And there's different ways to do it. He found this way to do it. You know, listen, he's making money, he's doing all, I get it, I, I understand that. But there's more to it than that. There's more to it than that. For me, I believe. And again, when he said and started talking about bullying and kids out there that get bullied and stuff, um, I, I said, wow. He can, he can be more than he ever bargained for when he started this thing. Where he can, he can teach. He can teach people to, you know, to, to kind of face their demons, and uh, face their shortcomings, and dare, you know, that old saying, dare to be great, but dare to take a risk, dare yeah. to find out what what you are.
0: Yeah, there's some real neurological uh, science behind what you're saying that you see it with people in recovery from addiction is that they get a dopamine release. I believe it's dopamine versus serotonin, but the great neuroscientist, Andrew Huberman, our friend and uh, Rob's other podcast that he produces, he recently had on a uh, another Stanford professor called Anna Lemke, and they were talking about the dopamine release and, and the high that people get from telling the truth and confessing things. And it almost becomes like a drug in and of itself. When you start to tell the truth, it becomes like a a snowball gathering momentum, rolling down the hills. Like, you know what? Telling the truth, putting this thing out in the light feels good. It's, 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 it's what recovering addicts feed off of. It's like, I've got to make all these, you know, they go through their 12 step process of making amends, confessing and, and, and making things right. So maybe this is all part of the process with with Jake Paul that's like, hey, in addition to becoming a better fighter, maybe I'm becoming a better person. And there's like some actual like neurological science behind how this is all happening, whether he knows that consciously or not. But it's interesting to see. And it's interesting that you highlighted that because I do think that that's what's happening.
1: Yeah. And, and I use a word here, Ken, um, to go along with all this opportunity yeah sometimes we're presented opportunity we didn't ever know we were going to be presented yep just opportunity an opportunity to to get better an opportunity to teach an opportunity to discover an opportunity to learn an opportunity to challenge ourselves
0: and i'll give you an example another example is the dr atlas foundation as you started to get some success on ESPN and some recognition from training and start to build a public awareness, you use that opportunity to create the Dr. Atlas Foundation and look at what it's become today. I'm sure when you first started, you probably had no idea that it could be as big as it's become. And I know we've got the Dr. Atlas Foundation dinner coming up in November. I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully COVID doesn't do anything to dampen the spirits this year, but I know I'm I'm looking forward to it. I know Rob's looking forward to it and hopefully it's uh, bigger than it ever was. What are the, what's the date this year?
1: November 18th and um it's at the Hilton Hotel on Staten Island and we pray that you know that we won't be uh dampened restricted too much with this you know that the COVID situation will allow us to right now we have a go um but we we you never know how that's going to change and um we but I had to make a decision you know I had to uh take a risk. We're talking about risk. I had to take a risk or do it virtual again, you know, go the safe way, go virtual again like we did last year or say, hey, we got it's time to, you know, get up off the campus, dust ourselves off and, you know, things are opening up. We got to go forward. We got to do a dinner. I yep. mean, we got to do a dinner. We got to get people together uh, for this fight. So, I made a decision to do that. Once you make the decision, you got to go forward and, i hope it was the right decision i hope uh but we're moving forward we're we're hoping to god the people will come out the celebrities will come out as they always have and matter of fact i invited dustin poirier he's Uh, gonna be
0: i think i don't want to spoil his um his announcement i don't think it's final yet but he may have a fight in early december in which case he'll be in uh training camp
1: but but he mentioned that to me but he said that it was a month ahead uh, a month out and he said uh he he still would think about coming yep uh, because oh, it right. would be a month out so that's right but uh, ho- we talked hopefully about hopefully, it. hopefully yeah well hopefully he'll be able to make it and um you know but either way either way i uh i know that he would like to make it and that's important to me and uh Hopefully but the other, thing that's,
0: the other thing that's important is the amount of messages that I get, DMs from fans. Ask Teddy this, ask Teddy that. If you're listening to this and you're a fan of the show and you want to ask Teddy something, here's your opportunity to ask him in person, face-to-face, by coming to the dinner November 18th in Staten Island. Get your tickets. It's not expensive. It's for a good cause. It's a tax write-off come out to Staten Island, meet a bunch of celebrities, meet a bunch of different professional boxers and boxing personalities. You can even meet our great producer, the legendary Rob Moore. Uh, and hopefully we'll see Ariel Hawani there speaking of uh, MMA royalty.
1: He'll be there. He said he'll be there. Yeah. Helwani, uh, matter of fact, they did his podcast today, earlier today. And, oh, I'm looking uh, forward to he, that. Yeah, he does a great job. He does a great job. Um, he really does. But the... Let me tie. Let me tie the knot, so to speak, to tying up the Woodley-Paul fight from a physical standpoint. Now that tie I a bow to, on it. Yeah, uh, it was from a physical standpoint. The difference was the jab, because yeah, we understand that Woodley was shorter, and he, you know, he's he he's a. He'd have to. I always talk about geography is so important. He had to get closer, and the geography for the most part was owned by, by Paul. To his credit, he had to be on the outside, use his height, use his reach, uh, stay on the outside. Woodley had to get closer, but where Woodley, and part of the reason why you know I picked against him, where he hurt himself was he no longer extends his jab. whether it's shorter than whether it's shorter or longer than paul's isn't really the point if you're only thrown it half of what it's capable of being thrown it's always going to be shorter mike tyson had a shorter reach and was only 510 511 he outjapped everybody when it was mike tyson because he threw it with confidence, he threw it with timing, he sometimes slipped his head and threw it where he took away, he negated the other guy's reach advantage, and his jab was, he didn't throw it to the degree that, and the amount that Ali threw it, or with the kind of snap where it would get your attention away, Larry Holmes did, or, or Ali's did, but it was every bit as effective, Tyson's, When he was Tyson, when he was at the top of his game, it discombobulated guys. It got him inside with guys. It kept guys defensive. It hurt guys. It intimidated guys. And he had to get every inch of what he had with that jab. He would extend it. And Woodley, shorter or not shorter, his real problem was that he has gotten to a place, and that's part of what I picked up on the film when I broke this down and picked against him, he doesn't extend his jab. He, not consistently, most of the time he's pushing it. And when you're pushing it shorter, longer, taller, you have no shot to out-jab the guy. When he did extend it, he caught Paul with the jab a couple times. There was just no consistency to it. There was too much... Of him pushing the jab. So from a physical. Standpoint. For me. The jab was the big difference. Because. Paul was able to extend it. Control the geography he needed. On the outside. where And use his legs. He did a good job of using his jab. And his legs. He partnered the two up. To keep range. To keep woodley from getting into range to land a big shot and he did a good job of doing that and again the jab extending the jab gave him an advantage where woodley was throwing that for the most part not all the time but was throwing that half jab and also by throwing the half jab it gives your opponent a chance to counter over it and to the credit of Woodley he really that didn't happen much he got counted over it once once or twice but for the most part he didn't but the reason he didn't which is good that he didn't get caught with that right hand but it's the same reason why he lost because he didn't take the chances he didn't he didn't take the chances that he really had to like he he decided to be cautious where he, he stayed out of range. When he did push the jab, he, he tried not to push it where he was in a danger area where he'd be leaving the window open for a right hand. He, he, he was able to negotiate range where he was out of range. but that, And that kept him from getting caught, those big shots. But it also kept him from getting close enough to win. It kept him from getting into the geography, again, using that word, the dimensions that he needed to get into to win the fight. So for me, the physical part of it was the legs of Paul coupled with the jab and where Woodley just did not extend his jab enough, enough to really gain him entry. Um... Gain him entry. See, if I would have saw him extending the jab, I would have said, whoa. He has kind of taken himself out of that that sort of hibernation, that mental hibernation that he's been in where he's lost something, where he's lost some of that that drive, that urgency, that, you know, to, to get to the guy. If I would have saw that extended jab, because it would have told me that, he was willing he was willing to do what he had to do to get to Paul. He didn't really show me that. Yeah, there were spots he caught him with the big punch, and there was and he definitely brought the pressure all night long, but he brought it without the punches. For the most part. Exactly. And and there's a reason for that, as we've touched on and we've talked about already. So at the end of the day, I, uh, I thought that Paul did a good job of navigating himself to a win, of uh, boxing himself to a win. I thought he, uh, this was the first time he had a chance to show more of his arsenal if you will his repertoire of punches uh he was able to show more because he was forced to have to show more in the other fights he didn't have to show more so we got a little bit of a better peek at what he's what he is and what he's becoming and the greatest credit i can give him is he stayed within himself he didn't he didn't get outside himself he didn't get to a place where some of the things that he's still not developed enough in would have hurt him, would have shown itself in recklessness and sloppiness. Like there were spots where he started to go after Woodley, where you could see Ken, and I could see at least, where he he realized that if he kept, he would have if he kept going after him, he would have got a little sloppy. He, 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 he didn't have the refinement yet. He doesn't quite have the sea legs under him yet. Yeah. Yet. And, and so if he kept going after him, he would have gotten possibly exposed. And And he, what did he do? To his credit, he pulled in. He pulled back. He realized where he was going and the vulnerability that he was starting to present if he kept going that way. And he and like I said, he he pulled he pulled himself back, and he didn't let himself go that way. So he's not ready yet. He's not ready yet. Nor should he be. My God, he's only been doing this a few years. Nor should he be. He's a work in progress. But you got a little bit better sense of what that progress is, yeah. uh, where he was where he was forced to do a little bit more. But again, the best thing he did for me legs jab, um, behavior when he got caught. He didn't, you know, people were wondering if he was going to fold up like a cheap chair. <laughs> he, he, he didn't. Nope. He didn't. And and uh, and like I said, when, when he started to be aggressive and he got a little, you know, he got a little out of sorts, if you will. He, he pulled it back. He tucked it back. And he didn't let it get away from him. He was conscious. He was cogn- cognizant of that. Yeah. That shows me he's getting calm in an uncommon environment. That's good. That that's good. He's listen again. I'm not making him Jake LaMotta I'm not making him <laughs> Marvin Hagler. I'm not, you know, I'm you don't have to worry about my sanity yet. <laughs> but I'm I'm just I'm I'm pointing things out that deserve to be pointed out. And uh at the end of the day, uh I thought as I said earlier, they both won. Uh, they both won. Uh, More what importantly,
0: his you know what Jake Paul gets? He gets on the wall of fame behind me he's officially up on the up on the wall well that's
1: when you know that's when you know you've made it i mean it is that's what they said to me in the
0: locker room they were like can we get our picture on the wall if we win i said all right let me run it by teddy
1: well then see (laughs) not yet not yet you you gotta do something to get up. and
0: you'll notice that ugas is up there because last week someone rightfully so pointed out i had pacquiao's picture up there even though ugas beat him they said how can you dare put up Pacquiao when Ugas won the fight, and I was like, you know what, you're right. He's going up next week, so Ugas makes the wall. Congratulations to him. And the other thing I wanted to mention to you is, what do you think of the t-shirt, Teddy? Ape Man Strong. They're back again this week.
1: No, it's Ape Man uh, listen, Strong
0: it, Look at the back.
1: Uh, no, it's nice. Listen, it looks good on you. You're in good shape. It looks great. Um, it's it's got a good look to it. It's a and just as importantly as the look and it does look good, but as the inspiration that it brings with with the uh the way the people that run this company think. Yep. They think the right way. They think about inspiration, motivation, about challenges, all the things we've been talking about quite frankly. Yep. It's it's kind of uh it's it's right up their alley. Uh, yeah, they've to, given
0: away a bunch of money to various causes. They're heavily involved in a lot of charity work since 2019. Teddy, they've given over $80,000 to 37 different charities. I have a feeling in November, the Dr. Atlas Foundation will be one of them. And just a little bit about the brand for those who might not know. It's a t-shirt brand, 8-Man Strong Apparel. It's a brand that believes in inspiring and empowering people to overcome the obstacles in their life. Their company motto is Strong Has Many form." At many forms find yours this may be physical strength it may be mental strength or it might even be emotional strength but depending on the challenge you'll need to find one or all of these strengths to overcome their mission is to encourage the building of these strengths designed and printed in the usa every shirt has a different meaning behind it and a motivational card describing this meaning check them out teddy at Apemanstrong.com and find your strong. And like I said, hopefully we can uh, link up with them, do something special for the Dr. Atlas Foundation. That would be beautiful. Yeah. And one other thing I want to say before we um, sign off or finish up with the um, Paul Woodley fight is thank you to uh, Brandon Parraway, who's uh, Dave Chappelle's security guy and owns a boxing gym down in Dallas called um, Sweat Boxing and Training. This guy is fantastic to me every time he sees me at the Dave Chappelle shows. And he's the one who um, asked uh, Dustin and I to come back and, and talk to Dave. And uh, thanks to Brandon, I'm going to see these guys at the um, Chappelle and Rogan show Friday night in uh, Nashville. So wanted to just give him a quick thank you. Um, But Teddy, what do you think? What do you think's next for Jake Paul? We're gonna see him in there with a real boxer, or does he continue? Oh, one other thing I want to tell you before I get to that is when they announced, like I said, as soon as the bell rang to end the fight, we bolted, and the guys who, the other two guys who were with Dustin, I said, "Don't you want to see who won?" I said, "There's not a chance in hell that Jake Paul doesn't win this fight." A, I thought he won the fight, and B, look around, this train keeps rolling. If Jake Paul wins hundreds of millions of dollars have been earned tonight one way or another through all the different revenue sources you think that this train continues if tyron woodley wins no i said jake paul wins everyone involved in this gets another payday except for maybe woodley but everyone on the undercard i mean this this train keeps rolling with a jake paul win so and to your point about the judging like I'm I'm shocked that the guy gave Woodley a round that anyone gave Woodley a single round because there's no sanctioning body. There was no accountability. If if they gave Jake Paul every single round, even if he had been knocked down every round, who are you gonna complain to? It's a it's a it's a novelty boxing match. Of course he's gonna win a decision. It's almost as guaranteed as a Canelo boxing match that goes to a decision. The the golden goose is gonna get all the curry, all the
1: favors. Well, yeah, I mean you're right. Uh, this, the gravy train continues. And look, the the good part to it also is that there's other collateral things that are positive that probably nobody thought of when he was doing this. Most people just thought that, oh, you know, he's disrespecting the sport. He's taking away the integrity of the sport. You know, no, he's not. He He, this is this is separate from the sport of boxing where you have professional fighters that have been fighting since they're a kid and that are world champions and they're competing this is this is a different outlet this is a different it's it's like going to a different restaurant it, it's your option to go or not go you know this is just a different option Yeah, um, you want entertainment of this kind um you you're into this you you're curious about it then you you watch it, and the fight was good enough for the train to continue with interest I believe in that sort of way to Definitely. see where this kid goes, how far does he take it but again for the people that were going nuts that Teddy Atlas would put any any kind of uh credence towards this hey all I'm doing is pointing out that he's doing what he's doing the American way. He's found a way to make money without doing anything criminal. And he's challenging himself and he's being smart. Yeah, he's having an edge here and there, but he's he's challenging himself to something. And there's nothing wrong with that. And again, you're not forced to watch it. Uh, Is it replacing boxing? People say, oh, my God, it's bad for boxing. No, it's not it's not bad for big because it's not in the same realm as boxing it's an alternative entertainment and you have a choice if you want to go to that alternative entertainment it's not you still know where the good fights are you still know who the real fighters are who the top fighters are matter of fact If these damn promoters gave you the fights, whether it's Spence and Crawford or me and other ones that I could talk about, you know, Tank Davis and Lomachenko. I mean, I could go on and on and on. There's so many great fights out there that could be made that you're never going to see. If these freaking greedy promoters gave you the fights that fans really want to see. Well, then maybe fans wouldn't be complaining so much about that. This is stuff that now they're 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 wandering off to watch. Maybe they wouldn't wander off to watch it if if the promoters came the fights that 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 are there to be that that the fans really are starving for, and not when not when it's five years too late or ten years too late, like it was with Pacquiao and Mayweather, and you know so and it becomes more of a money grab than than a, a challenge of who the best is uh, you know so what i'm saying is this is an alternate entertainment route that you can take to watch this but it's interesting if you find it interesting to watch it if you don't you don't have to you don't have to watch it And but, to
0: the, to their credit though you know that everyone on that card had their biggest payday ever that's a fact well that's Ty- the time Ty- Ty- oh, we gonna made more exactly. money than he ever well, made Well, that's what I meant by
1: the collateral stuff, yeah. is that while, while this is being done, you're right. That's what I was going to get at. While this is being done, you have these fighters that, not just Woodley, but you have the other fighters. Amanda that Serrano. Were, uh, that were on a bigger stage than they've been on before. Biggest they got an payday. opportunity And a bigger payday. So they got an opportunity to show their wares, to a bigger audience than they had before in a conventional boxing setting. Uh, So is that a bad thing? No, it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. So they got a chance to make more money. Every fighter on that card made more money than they had before. And again, performed in a bigger audience than than they would have performed if it was just conventional boxing. So there's a lot of things attached to it that nobody thought that this would be positive things you know when this thing started i i understand you know where people were so you know so against it and so hesitant about supporting it at the beginning that it felt fraudulent it felt it it, it, it didn't it didn't feel real but now as you get into it a little more and you see that the other residual effects of it it's it's not a bad thing it's not a bad thing at all and again
0: on the the last triller card regis progre made three times what he made in his previous fight on that jake paul undercard so that there you are
1: and he is a a real fighter that his 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 shelf life is only so old yep right and and he gets a chance he's earned it he's taken the risk and he gets a chance to make that kind of money so it
0: was big money
1: so that's, so, that's a, so that's a thing that people aren't looking at when they just look at, oh, here's a YouTuber and, and oh my God, he's invading the world of boxing. Uh, no, he's not. He, he's putting his flag up in a special area, an area that that, if anything, it is again, it is an alternative to the actual conventional sport of boxing of entertainment and it's bringing eyeballs to the sport overall. It's kind of like the Rocky movie. I remember when the Rocky movie came out, people said, Teddy, you know, is that hurting boxing to have a movie like that? How's it hurting boxing? It's bringing more (laughs) attention to the sport. The sport does the worst job in the world of promoting itself. That's why they, that's why UFC has passed it up like it's it's going backwards. UFC is now the fourth
0: biggest sport in the country, past hockey.
1: That's why they pass boxing, because they promote it, because Dana White promotes it, and they put competitive fights on, okay? Okay? So so when, when people say, oh, Rocky movie, that's, uh, that, that's phony. That's fake. That, nobody could get hit that many points. Hey, it brought a tent. Could it hurt the sport? How could it hurt the sport when it gets you talking about the sport, where it brings more eyeball? And that's what's happening with this. It's got more people looking at this and also while they're looking at this, they're looking at what boxing, what fights are out there in boxing that they can look at. And quite frankly, in, in a negative way, they're looking at the fights that aren't being given to them in boxing. They're saying, well, how come we're not getting the fights that we want, that we demand? And they're getting a little restless with that. But it's a positive thing in a way that, again, it just brings more tension over to the sport of boxing. There was so,
0: one, the, the, the one, I think the one big loser in that fight and not, not to be used loser in a derogatory term, but financially, I thought it was Tommy Fury. I thought Tommy Fury was putting himself in a position to be the next opponent, get a massive payday. I just can't see him the way he looked in four, in four rounds he survived this. four rounds he could barely look, keep yeah. his hands up at yeah. the
1: yeah. end you know how you're gonna sell you have a kid who in paul who's committed to trying to learn the sport but he's just starting right three years whatever he's just starting and at least when he's fighting these ufc guys there's legitimacy he's fighting yeah. a, you know a legitimate guy that that has stature how but fury's another beginner Fury's another, so. be- and he looked like a beginner. He struggled he, to get through four rounds, and he looked like a beginner. So how are you going to sell a beginner, who, who's who's definitely his his stock is is growing, Paul's stock. There's no doubt about that. But he's still a beginner. How are you going to sell a beginner with another beginner who's not even as developed? As the first beginner. So (laughs) it's going to be kind of hard to sell that now, and you make a good point. He probably heard. I want to finish with two things. My analogy at the end for why Woodley, well, I think I covered it pretty damn good why he lost, but I would say I had used an analogy with a car earlier. He at the end of the day, for all the aggression, everything else, without the punching, Woodley basically let the motor run in the driveway too much. He 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 just allowed it to idle and never took it out on the road enough. He and and at the end of the day, you can't win a fight that way in anything. You can't win a race by idling the engine or even zooming the engine up in the driveway. You gotta get out on the track. He didn't get out on the road enough. And the other final thing I wanna just give something to, because I've been hearing more people kind of chatter about this a little bit, and I got a funny feeling I know where they're hearing it. I I think they're hearing it over here, Ken. I, I think they're hearing it over here. And you know, and they're not prone to say, "Yeah, we're hearing it over there," so that's okay. <laughs> but we do know one thing, and we're blessed. We really are, Ken. Um, they're all they're all watching. Yeah, they're all they're all watching. And um, I just wanna—I've said it before, and I want to say it one more time now. It's even more prevalent after this. After Paul took a little bit of more of a step. And his progression, that my explanation for this phenomena that's going on, and I said it before, and I say it one more time. This phenomena that's going on with the Paul Brothers, the YouTubers, it's matrix, mat- it's the Matrix unplugged. It's that series, that movie that sold a million, million, you know, millions and millions of. Uh, It made millions and millions of dollars. That series, The Matrix. Everybody knows what it is. And they tapped into it. They they found a way to unplug The Matrix. They found a way. And it's genius. And give them credit. Give credit where credit's due. It is brilliant. They found a way to take the YouTube characters and put them live into a boxing ring. That's what it is. That's yeah. why I call it Matrix Matrix Unplugged. They found a way to take YouTube guy and put him, take him out of the YouTube setting and put him into live boxing, into a live ring. YouTube live <laughs> in a ring where you could get punched in the face. <laughs> it is brilliant. And you know what went with them? All the audience. That's for sure. All the people. All the YouTubers. Now they, they're not just playing YouTube with, with, a, with a stick and a, and, a, and a plastic gadget. Now <laughs> their guy is in the ring live playing YouTube and they're with them. <laughs> and, and to your point, him. the
0: entire crowd was full of YouTubers last night. Honestly, <laughs> it was full of little kids in diamond necklaces. Whether they were real or not, don't know. But there were no shortages of kids in crazy outfits and diamond necklaces and diamond watches. It, was, it, it on, was a crazy, crazy scene. And,
1: and that's why I came up saying that. <laughs> I oh. mean, <laughs> uh, it's it's brilliant. It really is if if it was a stock, I would buy it. Yeah. I I, I really I
0: have, I have to agree. I have to agree. And um with that being said, Teddy, you know we're almost up to two hundred thousand subscribers. I think we should do some sort of um giveaway at two hundred thousand, give away some signed gloves, some signed books. So if you're watching this and you like the show, and you wanna help us, costs nothing, just hit the subscribe button on YouTube. It honestly, it helps us. Hey, look, we're not uh, getting rich doing this. We love doing it, we're doing it for the fans, but if you can help us, it it, it helps in a million different ways. So please subscribe to the show, if nothing else. Support the sponsors, but just subscribe is all we would ask. With that being said, Teddy, you got anything else?
1: No, just uh, always take my calls. (laughs)
0: no question guys thanks for being with us enjoyed this one teddy thanks for doing this and we'll be back with you next week take care